Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. What made Vincent van Gogh one of the greatest painters and most tortured souls of all time? Was Harry Houdini predestined to become the great escape artist based on his family's great escape? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz, and on my new podcast, Personology, I'll be joined by amazing experts to delve into the minds of famous historical figures. If you want to know what really made exceptional people tick, then take a listen to Personology. Listen to Personology every Monday on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush, the Mini Crush edition. How you doing, Noel? Good. You see how I doubled up? You usually say, welcome to Movie Crush, the Mini Crush edition. I just called it Mini Crush, You did. Oh, boy. You did. See what you're doing to me? I, I, I'm cool with it. You're, uh, you're taking all, over. I'm all about changing the paradigm, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, and, in your favor. Well, you know, it's in the, it's, it's in the people's favor, Chuck. Um, it's in the people's court. Who was the Who was the judge of the People's Court? Judge Wapner. Wapner. Uh, and it's funny. Josh and I did an episode on uh, Project Valkyrie, the uh-huh. plot to kill Hitler. That's right. And uh, th- their their kangaroo court at the time in Germany was called the People's Court, which is hysterical. That's really funny because <laughs> it certainly was not Judge I, Wapner. I, I love the idea of a kangaroo court. It just sounds really cute, but apparently it's, it's not cute. I, Noel. I, 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 yeah, I've, I've gathered that. <laughs> Nothing cute about it. Have we, is this our first mini since uh, the the holidays? Yes, welcome back, sir. Welcome back to you. You're looking quite dapper today. I like your hair. Hey, thanks. You can compliment me on my hair. Oh, I took off my glasses, Noel. <laughs> you look like a fuzzy mess, but now you look like a handsome sharp mess. Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed bumping into you the other day. That was fun. Yeah, on the wild. Yeah. So everyone knows. Uh, huge news. Mm-hmm. I bumped into Noel on the street. It was weird. I was leaving the zoo with my wife and daughter and in-laws. Yeah. And there you were across the street at a outdoor cafe. A cafe. A with, bistro. Uh, your daughter. With my daughter, yeah. And we all had a little sidewalk huddle. It was very nice. And then uh, that was it. We went on our, our merry ways. Yeah, it was good. Um, did you see any cool movies over the holidays, Chuck? Well, fuck, man. What have I seen? My head is so in a hundred places right That's now. That's fair. There's a lot of things going on. And everyone, that's not to say I'm not dedicated to this episode. Uh, I just got a lot of stress going on. Yeah. And I can't recall what movies. You know what I did see? Did we already talk about it, First Reformed? No. You know, the Ethan Hawke film. No, no, no. I don't even know about Oh, this is the one where he's a Paul priest? Paul Schneider. Not Paul Schneider. Is this the one where he's a priest? <laughs> it's the one where he's a priest. I heard it was great. Everyone seemed to be gaga about that movie. Uh, it's really good, man. Um well, it is Paul Schrader, of course. Paul Schneider, different pal, different guy, former guest. <laughs> Paul Schneider, which Schneider's. one is he? He uh, he did Back to the Future. He's he's an actor. Oh, the guy from uh, he was in uh, Parks and Rec and stuff, right? Yeah, but don't say that. That's what? His, 
He didn't want to hear um, I, the Parks and Rec. Guy. I like Parks and Rec. He was on that show briefly and like didn't even love it. And I, he's done so much great work. I don't care how he felt about it. Chuck, I enjoyed him on the show. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is irrelevant, sir. Yeah, the Parks and Rec guy. You know what? Schneids gave me a Christmas text. It was very nice. What? He's, that's what kind of guy he is. No way. He's like, "How you doing? Thinking of you." Uh, and I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks. You might hang out. I got a Christmas text from my ex girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. What'd it say? It was very triggering. No, I'm kidding. It Hope was you fine. got coal in your stocking. No, it was nice. It was just we hadn't talked in a couple months. And, Here's a uh, turd for your front porch. It was just a, like a hey, and, you know, <laughs> hope you're well, Merry Christmas, That's and good. blah blah blah. And I responded in kind. All right. And we left it at that. Well, it is the season, Noel. It is indeed. You guys had a good holiday though. Oh, man, me and the kid uh, went to with and my mom went to Universal Studios, and we had the fast passes, so we like breezed past all those suckers waiting in those three hour lines. It well, was dude, you delight. got to accomplish your uh, bucket list goal, Harry Potter Land. Yeah, I always wanted to go to <laughs> Harry Potter Land, Chuck. And as it turns out, there's two Harry Potter Lands. Who knew? Really? There's one in the Universal, and then there's the Islands of Adventure, which is the uh, adjacent park. Okay. And you take the Hogwarts motherfucking express from one to the other and then back again. And it's a different experience each time. Cuddle cat, cuddle fish. The second oil age. Then his kingdom was full of darkness. I don't dispute the Eros data, but if he's down here... We'd know. Not blood, but darkness. The Earth's black riches. No. I could taste it on my lips. Today, I want to talk to you about the science of transgenesis. Transgenesis.show What's the Hogwarts Express? Is that a it's the uh, train? It's the monorail? It's the no, no, dressed it's, up it's, like it's, a, something that's not. not. <laughs> no, it's it's more than dressed up, Chuck. It is the train from the Harry Potter movies. It, that's pretty neat, huh? Very cool. It's you go into a whole station. It feels like you're in the London Underground, yeah. and you know what is it? Uh, platform. 33 and a third, I forget. I, I, again, haven't really. Well, just check your lower back tattoo. That's fair. I, I can't see my lower back, Chuck. I'm going to need you to, to, to see it yep, for me. Bend over. Yep. Yep. 33rd and a half. Yep, that's the one. Um, yeah, so, but, man, seriously, the design of these um, these, these areas oh, is sure, it's out amazing. of control. It's yeah. out of control. Um, just to get up to speed, me and my mom, on the ride up to get my daughter from Tampa, where she was hanging out with her mom and stepdad, we listened to the first Harry Potter audiobook. Oh, okay. Just to kind of, like, really prime ourselves for the experience. Yeah, and you sort of recited it as, like, in, in stereo. Yes, of course. That was important <laughs> to me to be able to do that and to know that I that I still had it. Yeah, and your mom was like, you've memorized this book, son? And then she was like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> And she hugged me. And it was a very tender moment between me and my mother. We really bonded over that Harry Potter audiobook. Um, but no, so there's like the two areas. There's like the Hogwarts type reproduction of the Hogwarts castle. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Gringotts uh, bank vault ride. And the lines for them without the fast passes, I shit you not, three and a half hours. And first of all, I'm like, how could any experience after waiting three and a half hours yeah. possibly be like live up to that investment of time got to be a letdown it's got to be so it was 30 minutes for us three and a half hours people wait they wait three and a half hours. so what do you do like two things in a day that's what i'm saying you got to like book two days at the park and the fast passes are not the fast passes are not cheap but i i wouldn't have done it any other way what do those run about 300 bucks a person (whistles) yeah 
That's totally worth it, though. Oh, it was so worth it. I mean, it was like a night and day experience. We got we got to ride all the weird old school rides, like the ET ride is still there. And oh, it is sure. fucking that, weird. I remember that thing. Oh, it's great. It's like you're on this bicycle on yeah. a track, and you're going through the forest, but it's uh-huh. all sets and crappy animatronics. And, yeah. Um, you have to tell the attendant at the beginning of the ride your name, and they scan it and put it on this mm. card. And then at the end, right. E.T. says, e. says your name, yeah. but he says the name of everyone in your little carriage. Amazing. So it's like... Goodbye, Noel, Chuck, Sandra, Eden, Steve, Michael, and John. I'll be right here. Oh, that's great. It was fun. Man, that thing hasn't changed a bit. Did they still have the Back to the Future ride? No, that one's gone. The T2 ride is gone. The other old school ride that's still there, which I feel old saying this is old school, but is the Jurassic Park water ride, which is super dated but still super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. I got. I mean, I'm close to... Uh, like, how old is it? Is a kid wanting to go to Disney? Five? Well, Eden went to Disney a couple years ago, and I think she enjoyed it then. But now I honestly think it's a little too kiddy for her and that the Universal yeah. was much more her speed because she likes the thrill rides. And let me tell you, the, the Incredible Hulk roller coaster, best uh-huh. roller coaster I've ever been on. In my really? Life. So it's like it takes you up and you go through this tube and it's like this gamma ray tube. And so you can't see the outside. And it does the click, 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 click about halfway up and then it just shoots you out. Oh, wow. And it kind of tricks you into thinking that it's going to be like a One of those long uphill yeah, things. Yeah, but then it just launches you immediately into a corkscrew and then you're doing all these. It's got like eight inversions is what they call it in the coaster community. Wow. But Eden wrote it and she's just now tall enough to ride pretty much any crazy roller coaster. And she's down. So she's so down. Man, the last time I went, I went to Cedar Point in Ohio about, probably about six or seven years ago. And uh, that was the first time I had been to a major part, and Cedar Point's supposedly like the best really? in the country. Yeah. As far as like coaster enthusiasts. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it had been a long time since I've been on those rides. And I love all that stuff, but they kicked my ass, dude. I'm not ashamed to admit that afterward I was like, wow, that felt like astronaut training. Like they're so extreme now. Oh, it, man. It was a bit much for me. Well, like, I, I, I only recently got back into it because we got season passes to Six Flags, and um, Eden kind of well, – actually, the girl I was dating at the time kind of, like, guilted me into riding every ride. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the one that waited in line and then had to step out like an old lady and, like, uh, you know, the, 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 the walk of shame or whatever. Yeah, so or I, the scared kid. That was yeah, me when I was kid. really young. So, I, I, you know, I, I just sucked it up, and I rode every ride at Six Flags and then realized, like, I really like roller coasters. So Yeah, I like them. Uh, I think it was just – God, you get that old body up there now. And I was kind of at the end of the day, I was like, man, my ass is kicked. Well, I also tracked our steps from walking around. We, we were there at Universal for about 13 hours. My oh, mom stayed. A lot of walking. My mom stayed half the day with us. And then she tapped out about midway. Yeah. She's just, you know, she's older. Sure. And then we went back to the hotel. We stayed on site. So it was super easy to get back to the hotel and then come right back. Yeah, yeah. And then me and Eden just like grinded it out until closing time. But I tracked our steps. We did 27,000 steps. Wow. Walking around. It was a lot Studios. of steps. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though, man. It was a great Ooh. holiday. How about you, you guys? You said you kept it pretty chill. Kept it chill. Stayed around. We don't have to travel for the holidays anymore. Uh, it, it was not, you know, it was Chris. We're not in our home, you know, because we're renovating right. our house. So it was a Christmas not in our house, which was not the greatest thing yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm ready to move back. I bet. I'm ready to be back in my goddamn house. I bet. I miss it. Yeah. But I'm not going to complain about renovating a house like some. Uh, yeah, those are called first world problems, yeah, Chuck. First world problems. <laughs> so, first reformed, great movie. You got to check it out. Really, like up your alley. Is it like a priest with a moral quandary kind of picture? It it's not quite what you think. Oh, really? I will say that. Okay. I mean, it's Paul Schrader. You got to remember this. Paul is, Schneider. 
This is, <laughs> this is the guy who, uh, you know, created Travis Bickle. Uh, oh, that's right. He's taxi driver. And uh, his his work is dark, to say the least. We've talked about him, though. Didn't he also have a couple of misses? Didn't he do some, like, weird bad shit? Didn't he do showgirls or something like that? No. no. <laughs> what, did, what did Schrader do that was a little bit, like, kind of well, a he's head had scratcher? Well, he's had a weird career. I mean, yeah. a lot of it was as a uh, writer, because obviously he wrote uh, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Um, but he direct. I think he directed Affliction. You ever seen that movie? I have Nick not. Nick Nolte? No, I have not seen Affliction. Autofocus? <laughs> he did something weird, though. He did, like... Oh, he wrote The Last Temptation of Christ? Yeah, I mean, he was Scorsese's guy for a while. He wrote Bringing Out... I've, you know, I think Bringing Out the Dead is a very underrated Scorsese movie. Uh, although I, I do remember I saw it when I was very young and I was on LSD. And I thought <laughs> it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, but I haven't seen it since. You took acid and watched that movie? Yeah. Just so many more fun things to do on acid. I know that. it was kind of a bummer movie, wasn't it? But it was also very like intense and colorful and like you know all over the place. Yeah, I, I'm wrong. I thought for some reason I thought that he did he did like the hills with Lin- Lindsay Lohan or something. Didn't he? oh who did that? I thought that was, was that Schrader. I thought it was him. Did he direct it? Maybe. Maybe he had a very weird. Hold on a second. Uh-oh. The Canyons. Yes. yes the he canyons. did the Canyons with Lindsay Lohan and right. the porn star. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. Uh, James Dean. <laughs> That's right. I knew he did some weird misstep that people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that Paul is pretty Schrader. strange. Yeah. Well, he has come back strong because first performed is great. Ethan Hawke will be a an Oscar nom, I would imagine. I bet. He's so good in it. I think I told you I watched uh The Favorite. Um, oh, yeah, and man. It was my favorite movie of 2018. Oh, wow. So, updated mm-hmm. list, huh? Yeah, big time. Um, I did not realize, I mean, I wanted to see it, but I didn't realize it was uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's right. Uh, the, what's his name? Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, I didn't know that was him. Or not to be confused with Panos Cosmatos. Right. Or Kapadopoulos Kimmelopoulos. Exactly, that guy. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, um, the thing that's cool about it is it is very much a period costume drama with a lot of like palace intrigue and back stabbing and mm-hmm. the kind of stuff you'd think it I mean I actually haven't seen Amadeus but it it reminds me of what I would think Amadeus might have been like <laughs> Jesus no I know Dan, I know I know it's it's one of my big holes um it's one of my gaping holes it's just so um, big it gaping. is it really is it's disgusting uh but no but it also is weird and psychedelic and very much that guy yeah. and but it's not some alternate reality world like his other movies are where there's something a little off about the universe. This mm-hmm. is very much like set in its time in the, I want to say, 1700s. or It seems like more like Victorian England yeah. when they're at war with France. I'm not good with numbers, even though I host a history show. You'd think <laughs> I would know these things. Yeah. But anyway, it's good. I really recommend it. Well, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll catch it before it leaves theaters and we'll uh, crush to judgment. Yeah. That'd, that'd be that'd, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I'm hoping to get some screeners soon. Because my my December is when I can usually get to the theater because uh, Emily gets real busy and I get slower. And I did go see a lot of movies. But um, maybe I can get some screeners because I'm sure that will be a nominee of some. You got an N? Yeah, I got a couple of N's. You got some N's? Yeah. I can't say names. No, of course you can't. They're not supposed to lend They're watermarked, (laughs) right? Aren't they watermarked these days? I think so. They've got like they're individualized for the They should just do the Mission Impossible thing and have it self-destruct after it plays. I've got a wreck real quick, just before we get into whatever you've got up your sleeve. Well, no, I have a note here that says waste 10 minutes at oh, the beginning of the show. Oh, beautiful. Well, we're doing it. 
brilliantly. Um, this is the catch up. We haven't seen each other. Anymore. I know. Uh, have you seen the show Adam Ruins Everything? I've never seen that. I really like it. And I know the a, show. There's an episode he does about Hollywood, and I recommend it highly because it it, it demystifies all the fakery behind like awards shows and oh, like the wow. whole like um, for your consideration campaigns uh-huh. and how basically the movies that win are the ones that put on the most lavish parties for like the Hollywood foreign oh, press and geez. things like that. It's all very much kind of like it, yeah. it sort of sucks. Like politics. The, it's a lot of politics, but it also um, goes into some real cool behind the scenes stuff about how fake reality shows are mm-hmm. and the idea of like frankenbiting where you can like cut up things people say oh, and then sure. have a cutaway where it's their back and yeah. they literally manufacture a sentence by stringing together bits of other things they've said. Oh yeah, like anyone that still thinks reality shows are not completely wholly manufactured. Yeah. are just living in a dream world. They're they're basically in the same boat as people that still think professional wrestling is real. <laughs> no one thinks that. Did you know Andy Warhol was a big fan of WWF uh, wrestling? Really? Yeah. I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me. Mean Gene. You know Mean Gene, the, uh, the yeah, announcer? He just, away, he just right? passed away. There's an incredible clip. I recommend everybody check it out um, where where he's like doing his post-match interview thing. And you see Hulk Hogan in the background and uh, Cindy Lauper's there. And then Andy Warhol comes up and Mean Gene's like, ladies and gentlemen, a very real New York luminary, Mr. Andy Warhol. He's like, <laughs> have you ever seen so much bedlam and chaos in your life, sir? And he goes... I just can't even believe it. I just, it's just so exciting. <laughs> it's just so exciting. I just don't even know what to say. Yeah. I, but the real answer is yes, Andy Warhol has seen that much bedlam yeah. in his life. <laughs> yeah, and debauchery. <laughs> but no, apparently he was genuinely a fan, wow. which makes sense considering what, how fascinated he was by gross commercialism. Sure. And, and you know, spectacle. spectacle. Yeah. So I, it, at first I was like, that seems wrong. But then I was like, no, that seems absolutely totally right. right. Yeah. <laughs> like Salvador Dali, if he was alive, would yeah. probably be into WWF. But just the way he responds, he's like, it was just so exciting. I can barely contain myself. Yeah. <laughs> It shows, Andy, your magnanimous personality. He didn't strike me as someone who was a lot of fun to hang out with. I think he just kind of toyed with people a little bit, and it was sort yeah, of he sort of that. always had like his recorder and like camera, and was just kind of like trying to like get out of my make face. people kind of like you know <laughs> be his subjects all the time. I don't know. It's, he's an interesting fellow. He is. I'm not going to knock him too much. Go draw a soup can. He didn't even draw it, did he? I mean, wasn't it just kind of like Xeroxed or like? Oh, did he just blow up like I graphic prints? Lot, I don't know. Did you go call me on this? But I think <laughs> a lot of what he did was definitely commodifying other images, and uh, but I think he probably had some artistic chops as far as being able to draw. But I don't think of him as being a painter exactly. I think of yeah. him more as being like graphic a, artist, like a like a printmaker or something. You know, yeah, like interesting. A, you know. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join, Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly... Join us! Bad be crazy! But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please... Join us! On Spotify. Visit spotify.com slash lastpodcast to listen free.
Well, no, we actually did the first two things. We because uh, on my list here it says waste ten minutes, trash Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. Boom. So now we're on to uh, a new segment. Oh, good boy. And actually, I don't even have my outline that I did for these episodes, so we're just going to kind of freewheel it through these as usual. Uh, but this is a new segment, Noel, called Up With Fuck. That's fantastic. <laughs> that fills me with joy. And I actually saw this on the social media, uh, you asking people uh, this this very question. Yep. I asked people on the Facebook page, what is your favorite F-bomb in a movie? Please give me the exact uh, exact quote mm-hmm. so we can read them as, you know, maybe not in character, maybe in character. Depends. I feel like I can pull it off. And here we go. We had 346, so we're going to continue this one. I was one of those. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I dropped one in there. Well, why don't you go ahead and start off? What's your Yip, quote? yippee ki motherfucker. Oh, favorite F-bomb. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I mean, it was the first one that sprang to mind. I got you. I, 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 there, there are many, many fantastic F-bombs in cinema. All right. Well, here's one. We're going to go ahead and start off with the one that was upvoted the most uh, from Melinda uh, Bacaleo. She's – I know I've said that name a bunch. Great name. Uh, coming to America. It's one of my favorites, too. Uh Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes. Yes. Fuck you, too. <laughs> Is that R-rated? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize Coming to America was R-rated. I don't know why. I, don't, I guess Eddie Murphy was sort of always R-rated, wasn't he? Um, Until he decided to be um, a, a shill for yeah, Disney. <laughs> yeah, basically. And do uh, the clumps and all that shit. Do children's movies. He also, well, even The Nutty Professor, that was PG-13. That was him uh, edging into PG-13 territory. I never saw that. The no, the, I'm sorry. The Clumps? Wasn't the Nutty... Wait. The, I think the, the Nutty Professor was the Clumps, but then there was like a sequel, right? But what was the one where he was wearing the fat suit? That was that, That's right? Nutty Professor. That is the Nutty Professor. But that was meant to be kind of crass, gross humor, but it was PG-13. All right. So it was, it was but like... But it was like fart jokes. It was fart jokes. Not real good, dirty it was also It was also very fat shaming. It was kind of not... Not oh, right. sure. That was not, back in the time nice. where not nice. you could put someone in a fat suit in a movie and it's like, hey, that's funny. He fell down. Big fat suit performance coming up. John C. Riley as uh, fucking uh, Laurel, yeah. Hardy. Laurel. Which one was the fat one? <laughs> Ollie? Oliver? I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to let you dance Hardy on your own. Hardy was the fat one. <laughs> He's supposed to be great in it. Yeah. And I, saw it it, I saw the trailer. Before and he the, needs uh, to pay uh, reparations for uh, the Sherlock Holmes movie that is getting... Some of the worst reviews I've ever seen it's in my nuts. life. I, I read a thing saying that, you know, how Netflix apparently has a thing they do where they very magnanimously will release stuff that doesn't test well for studios. Yeah. Like they'll take, they'll off, they'll offload it to oh, them sure. for cheap or like whatever. We'll take your garbage. Yeah. And yeah. then, but they, they apparently passed on. <laughs> so they, they were forced they no, to you. actually <laughs> release it. And then they released it with very little uh, fanfare, no pre screenings for no, critics no, 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 no. and they made they bailed on the marketing they, they made enough money just with blind idiots going to see right. it on Christmas weekend yeah no offense to anyone that went and saw it on Christmas yeah, weekend no no okay that's, I, that, I don't care I just, no, mean, people, I just mean people being like Will Ferrell funny sure. you know let's, exactly let's go see like how bad could it be and apparently like Scotty saw it and he just he was it's it, it indicates I think the laziness of the movie industry today to basically be like this is a train wreck but hey let's we got these two guys. Yeah, just let them do their thing. And, and It'll I think, be funny. I think Will Ferrell is is fantastic and hilarious. Oh, he's and the best. He's also technically our coworker now. 
Well, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, everyone, look forward to the Ron Burgundy podcast. Seriously. Coming on our network uh, soonish. I've heard some behind-the-scenes stuff, and yeah. it sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, man, I'm so jealous yeah. of those guys out there in L.A. Me too. What a, what a lot of fun to sit in on that. Um, Mike Sam says, when Professor X and Magneto are recruiting an X-Men first class, they meet up with Wolverine. He simply says, go fuck yourself. Uh, the surprise of that cameo adds to the effect- uh, effectiveness of the F-bomb. See, this is sort of goes into like ratings history, right? Because sure. I think you can get like a limited number of F-bombs in a PG-13 movie now. Mm, and it also, yeah. in the Adam Ruins Everything uh, show, they do an episode on, in, in the Hollywood one, about ratings. And apparently, like, I want to fuck you is different than fuck you. Oh, sure. And, like, and if it implies sex. Sexuality is a big no-no for the MPAA. They're very sure, prudish. Sure, sex is dirty, it's, dirty, it's dirty. Evil. So, yeah, you can have, but I, but it's still, a PG-13 movie can't just be dropping F-bombs left and right either. Right. They got to walk that line. They have to really pick and choose and make it like for impact like that yeah. one. Like that's probably the only F-bomb in any X-Men movie I could think of. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So that lends itself to like great line. Yeah, big wow moment. Yeah. Uh, Matt uh, Kamel says, uh, this is Mar- Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Oh, boy. No, nah, man, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Whew. All right, uh, Benjamin Johnson uh, from The Big Lebowski do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? This is what happens, Larry. This is what happens, Larry. <laughs> Have we talked about the, the the TV edit version of that? There's several. Oh, I don't think so. Well, there's one what of them. One, one of them is when you leave a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> Oh, or, or maybe funny. it's find a stranger because that would match up more with the F word. But there's another one where it's there's a, there's a couple. I mean, how can you even try to do Big Lebowski TV oh, safe? Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's don't crazy. Even bother. It's crazy. There's a bunch of good F bombs <laughs> in Big Lebowski. Find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. Oy. Big Lebowski is is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so funny, and it's such That's a great. good L.A. movie. It's it, it's so, so true right. to like you know sure. the geography of the place and like all of the little kind of hidden gems. Yeah. And it's got that vibe to it. I love it. Did you happen to see Jeff Bridges' uh, Golden Globes? Lifetime Achievement Award speech? No. That's pretty funny. Was it good? Is he very zen? Is he very dude? He's very dude. Yeah. He's very much that guy. Yeah. He was rambling at one point, just going on and on. I was at home just cracking up, and you could see the audience members. Chris Pine gave him the award, and it showed shots of him behind him just cracking up. Oh, I bet. Of like, he's being the dude. This guy right here. (laughs) Yeah, he seems awesome. He's supposed to be great in uh, IRL. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, Pat, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Patricia Caffrey, maybe she goes by Pat, from Half-Baked. Fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you. <laughs> That's good. I've used that before. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I just, I, I always think abracadabra be, you know, when something's going wrong and you just kind of yeah, talk into your lapel and say abracadabra be. Was that from the movie? That's their, like, uh, they're doing, like, a heist or some kind of thing, like, to, you know, raid this drug. No, oh, I know what it is. They're They're wearing a wire, and they're, like, infiltrating this drug kingpin, and that's their, like, code word that everything's going pear-shaped or whatever. Yeah. So he's in the one character is always calling everybody B, you know. Gotcha. So he says abracadabra B. I always say that. What happened to that guy? Yeah. Jim Brewer? It wasn't Jim Brewer. It was the Latino guy um, whose name I can't remember. Brewer's so, in it though, right? Brewer is in it. Oh, yeah. And, that's I'm, not, and I'm not sure what happened to Brewer, no. Jeez, everyone in that movie kind of went away. Brewer had his heyday kind of in those like 90s yeah. American Pie type uh and gross SNL, out comedy. Well, of course, but, but there was like a whole golden time, you know, for the golden age of Jim Brewer. <laughs> golden age of Jim Brewer. <laughs> We're on Brewer time, everyone. 
Uh, Neil Balfour says, oh, fudge. Great one. Ralphie and a Christmas story. It's a clean F-bomb, everyone. Uh, oh, yeah. Breakfast Club. Taylor Peterman. What about you, Dad? Fuck you. No, Dad. What about you? Fuck you. And then there's one more even. Is that meant to be like a powerful moment between him and his dad? Is that like... Have you not seen The Breakfast Club? I haven't seen The Breakfast Club. No. Oh, God. I'm so mad at you. Well, the, see, the holes reveal themselves just in conversation, <laughs> not not in these uh, pedantic lists. These silly games. Yes. Uh, Laura Bjorklund. Ooh, great name. Uh, she goes with Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Solid choice. Solid choice. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Hannah Corrali says, Little Miss Sunshine after the brother figures out He's colorblind and can't be a pilot. Just an amazing gut-wrenching. Fuck! Yeah, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed that. Um, Helen Lyons, Adventures in Babysitting. Elizabeth Shue's character, don't fuck with the babysitter. Don't do it. She got a lot of upvotes for that. Oh, I got a good one. What, from, what you got? From Heathers. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Oh, good Lord, no. Why? They say it. It's a good one. <laughs> Heather's got a lot of good quotable little little, oh, little sure. nuggets. Yeah, Emily and I. What's your damage, Heather? Yeah, we still uh, I, I like how I mean, how old is that movie? Thirty something years, thirty five yeah. years. Pre Beetlejuice. We like, we still say. Uh, Can somebody tell me why I whatever and like eat this ice cream or whatever? Yeah, and we'll go because you're an idiot, and we'll go. Oh yeah. Because that's what she always said to her dad. Greetings Somebody tell me why I smoke these things? Because yeah. you're an idiot. Oh, yeah. That's that's the recurring motive with her, yeah. her parents or whatever. Exactly. That's I, lo- I, I had never seen it, and my uh, girlfriend um, made me watch it, and I'm forever grateful. It's a really cool movie. It's great. And that person never did anything else. Who? The director, whoever was responsible oh, really? for that movie. It's such a unique thing. Oh, that thing. was a sort of yeah. uh, one-off in the pan, one-off kind of, yeah. So weird. Uh, Quinn Cavill says... Uh, we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. <laughs> Who's Danny K? Oh, uh, God. Really? Yeah, I th- we've talked about this, I think. Isn't Yeah. Danny K was an old actor. That's right. We've, talked, we, we, we've talked about this. About Danny K? I think Danny K's come up. I don't think so. Didn't he have a particular comedic style? Wasn't he like a kind of a vaudeville-y, Catskills-y type comedian? And he was sort of a... I know what it was. It was on my other show, Ridiculous History. We interviewed um, a guy who wrote a book about the history of comedy, and he was talking about how Danny Kaye was a big influence oh, really? for a lot of like early like. Hey, I'm not like some big Danny Kaye guy, so I don't want to come across as a Danny Kaye snob. No, no, not at all. All right, I was I was trying to remember where I'd know where I heard that before. Is it one of your other shows, Noel. Yes, I have a. Cavalcade of other shows. Stay focused. All right, I'm here. Uh, Aaron Cooper, her old friend, says, fuck, even in the future, nothing works. Uh, Which was, of course, Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Uh, Patrick Gorman from Goodfellas. You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? What am I, a fucking clown? (laughs) Do I amuse you? (laughs) So great. Oh, here's another Lebowski. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Ian uh, Eit says... Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Of course not. <laughs> uh, Are they going to make a movie, a Jesus movie? I heard that they were, but it seems to be languishing in uh, some form of development hell, or I'm not sure. I, 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 seem to, I seem to have read something about how it was happening and something about how it was like on the, on the back burner. Gotcha. By the way, the director of Heathers, uh, whose name is Michael Lehman. Did he so die? He did not die. Uh, he just does a lot of TV. He's just kind of done a lot of TV. He never really did another feature. 
A lot it's, of little one episode, <laughs> two episode credits yeah, on various. It's funny. I've done that before where I've been like, what happened to their career? And it's like, actually, I've been working steadily as a director for 25 years straight and I'm doing just fine. But you just, you know, you don't get notoriety for directing two episodes of Dharma and Greg. That's true. And you know what he did do that was sort of some note? He did Airheads. Remember Airheads? <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it, but it's, I remember it's the it. one where the, the rock band yeah. breaks into the Brendan, radio. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Fraser and, and Steve Buscemi's in it too. Oh, that's right. And they're they're trying to get airplay. Uh huh. Yeah, he did that. No, I didn't not, see that. not a good movie. Uh, Robin Shiflet said, "Fuck me gently with a chainsaw." Boom. Um, Brian uh, Ingrate, Alan Arkin, uh, Argo, fuck yourself. That's a good one. Ooh, I need to tell you off mic and all about a little special plan we have coming up in the next few months. Oh, cool. Remind me. I will. That's a little tease for you guys. Something special coming out in a few months. Uh, Rob Brodeur says, nice fucking model, honk, honk, from Beetlejuice. I don't I don't know if I recognize that line hmm. from Beetlejuice. Not sure I, mean, I know that they one. They had that model city up in the attic. Maybe that's it. I don't. Yeah, honk honk. It's on YouTube. Let's see. What's that? This is the scene. It's the part where Beetlejuice gets shrunk down at the end of the movie. Uh, nice fucking model, <laughs> and then he grabs his 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 junk, and he and he goes honk honk. Yeah. yeah, it's at the end when he gets like shrunk down and and trapped in the model. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that. You know, one of my favorite lines for that movie is when he's in the waiting room. And uh, he looks at the guy next to him with the uh, sitting next to the guy with the shrunken head. That's right. And he goes, uh, "Let me ask you something. How you get him down so small? How you get him down so small? <laughs> yeah." And he switches tickets with the guy. That's right. Uh, all right, just a couple of more of these because we are a uh, rambling man. Uh, uh, our buddy Gail Kuntz says, "Not sure if this counts as an f bomb. Probably not. Well, that's not true. It's a total f bomb from Silence of the Lambs. You know it's coming, Noel. Would you fuck me?" I'd fuck me hard. Oh. I'd fuck me so hard. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say hard. Does he not? No, he just says, I'd fuck me. I think you're right. Did Kuntz elaborate on this? I think he may have uh, improvised <laughs> that line a little bit. Oh, uh, no. Uh, Kuntz is a lady. She may have improvised that line a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's sort of what makes it. He goes, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. And then he has the tuck, obviously, going on. Whoa. And he's got the kimono. Yeah, the And he's tuck. kind of doing the goodbye horses Wiggle dance, yeah. I, I, that's a great scene, and that's oh, a man. great song. And that artist never really did anything else. Well, they don't need to. Such a good song. All right, we're going to finish up with one more from the great movie The Thing. And Scott uh, Russfold said this one and got a lot of good votes for it. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Nice, great. All right, we're going to keep this going, everyone, because there are so many great F-bombs. Up with fuck. Up with fuck. Thanks for tuning in. I wonder what Ramsey can come up with for a sound cue for that. Oh, hey. I'm Britt Morin, and welcome to Teach Me Something New, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. So one day I decided that my expertise might be to become the world's best generalist. So how do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you. 
in less than an hour. This show is about inspirational thinkers, scientists, artists, and CEOs, and the things they've learned that have transformed their lives. Listen to Teach Me Something New on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now and come along with me as we all learn something new. All right, Noel, we are going to finish with Comment Card. Only two segments this week because we had a good long catch-up period. Uh, and read a couple of your questions. Uh, this is from Emily Martin. Hey, Chuck, did you cry when Rami Malek won Best Actor for playing Freddie Mercury? Because I did. Uh, tell you what, Emily, I did not cry because I did not see that live. We didn't watch the Golden Globes. I did see the speech online afterward and uh, was was moved, but not moved to tears because it was like on my phone. That was like a real upset. That was a real upset. Yeah, sure. I mean, because a lot of the film snobs did not care for that picture. And I know you enjoyed it very much. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Well, performance-wise, you cannot fault the guy. Oh, I, I, cannot, great. I can only imagine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, that one, uh, I think it won Best Dramatic Picture. Is it right? I, I, knew it won, I knew it won a lot. But of, now right. that I know about Adam Ruins Everything, maybe they just do the best goddamn party. It's interesting, though. Uh, it was, that movie was so, so plagued with uh, problems. Because it lost its original star. It lost its original director. Uh, they apparently had a lot of problems with the Queen camp controlling the narrative and yeah. like not letting them put certain things in. And that yeah, was a yeah. big beef with the movie. People were like, they glossed over some stuff. I know you, you don't, you didn't see it that way, but it's just interesting that it kind no, of. I mean, I did, but I just still loved it. Yeah, no, no. It's, it seemed like a lot of fun. It seemed, that's the thing about those kind of movies, though. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be exactly accurate or exactly right. Yeah. So it's all about kind of like making it a fun depiction or like a, yeah. you know, and Queen, the music of Queen anyway, is all about big theatrical fun. Why wouldn't that be what the movie would be like? You Absolutely. Know? I, I'm all for it. Yep. Uh, we'll do Ginny. Oh, man, with the names, everyone. Uh, Tomasebi. Tomasebi. Jenny, with an I, what's the biggest twist you never saw coming and loved? Well, without overthinking this, uh, The Sixth Sense, I mean, I'll go ahead and put it out there. I saw that in the theater when it came out and did not see that twist coming. And sure, there have been plenty of movie twists before The Sixth Sense, but that one was so epic um, that it really, like, I, w- I was pretty impressed with it. I haven't seen the movie since then, actually. And I don't think I ever saw The Sixth Sense again. But that twist really, really got me. Yeah, that was back, Did not when, see it. That was back when twists were a new thing. There'd yeah. never been a twist before in a movie. Mm. No, no, I just said that there had been plenty of twists. <laughs> but that was the first one that like made headlines. No, but th- those, those were like the days of like, th- after that, every movie had to have a fucking twist. You yeah. Know? And that, then Shyamalan out-twisted himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, go back to Psycho, the the twist with That's Mom. is a good twist. Mom's in the basement. Yeah, but that movie had a double twist because yeah. uh, Janet Lee, mm-hmm. who was a big star, got murdered, Yeah, like, as hell. Sure. And then it was like a totally different movie, and then it kind of changed gears. Yeah. So that was like the first twist, and then there was the second twist, which was that yeah. it was Mom. You should check out uh, Rebecca. It's the movie that, that is one that I have not seen. Uh, we released a couple of weeks ago on this show with uh, Karen Freed, cool uh, costume assistant costume designer on Stranger Things. Picked Rebecca, yeah, and I'd never seen it. Yeah, have you seen Rope? 
Never seen Rope. Rope is the one where it's like I know Rope. a one shot. Yeah. But they fake it. Kind of like Birdman. It's kind of like one room though, right? Yeah, it's one room, but they there are cuts, but they hide the cuts with like doors sure. opening and it's very clever. Yeah. Uh, it's very like there's like a chest that opens and it'll fill the frame and then they close it and then uh-huh. that's actually a cut. Very clever uh, early tricks. Yeah, and uh, plugging our our colleagues over at Behind the Bastards, I believe they released a Hitchcock episode uh, because he is a legendary uh, asshole. Yeah, yeah. No good. Uh, Susan Partington says, if they made a movie crush movie, who would play you guys? Noel, who would we cast as ourselves? Um, uh, I mean, I always get the Kevin Smith thing, which yeah, I just hate. I hate it, too. I've been getting it since high school. Dude. You've gotten Kevin Smith? I guess I, I, always, talked I, about this. I always get Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah, I used to get Jack Black. I'll take that. I used to awesome. get that one, too. And I also used to get Zach Galifianak. Yeah. Well, we don't look – we're not twins, but – we look more alike than a lot of people That's in this very office. True. It's very you look true. more like me than anyone else in this office. I know. I know. Same. <laughs> Same, Chuck. You know, and I'm happy with that. How Noel. about how about this? I'll play you and you can play me. Done. All right. Cool. Perfect. Uh all right, let's finish up with one more here. Um William Angus is asking about the show itself. He said, Do you ever coach a guest on what movie they should pick? Uh or really strongly suggest something. Uh, not really, William. I generally don't coach them aside from like, I just kind of want to make sure it's a movie someone really, really loves and they're not just picking a movie they think they want to go out in public with as like their favorite movie. Right. Like even if your favorite, like whatever, if it's Back to the Future or Die Hard. Yeah, or like, who was it that, that had Titanic? It was Nate DeMeo. Yeah, Nate DeMeo. He and went like in a, hard It, with it was like a guilty pleasure acknowledged kind of that, that, a little that bit. it was, but he like just owned it. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's an important thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the only coaching I do um, because sometimes guests will send me a list and be like, hey, I, I'd be happy to talk about any of these. And sometimes I will look at that list and say, well, why don't we go with this one because – Maybe it's a genre we haven't done or maybe it's just uh, something I think the movie crushers would enjoy hearing about um, as opposed to maybe something more obscure. I've noticed our more obscure episodes um, uh, about obscure movies don't go over quite as well. But uh, I, I mean – we stand by him, dude. Oh, We've done for sure. Mishima, Life Before Chapters. We've done yeah, Tokyo yeah. Story. But it's also like it's cool. It's a cool discovery tool. Some people, yeah, maybe totally. would never have uh, thought to check out that movie until they heard somebody they were interested in. Yeah. you know, talk about why they're so passionate about it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. That's it for this week. It was a good one. Thanks for indulging us on our uh, catch up time, and uh, and I think that's it for this week. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Disgraceland, a music and true crime podcast about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly, hosted by me, Jake Brennan, is back with season five. And you're not going to want to miss new episodes on Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z, Prince, Ozzy Osbourne, Nipsey Hussle, Run DMC, Selena, The Rolling Stones, and more. You can listen to Disgraceland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rockerola. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in a therapist's office and get a behind-the-scenes look at what they're really thinking? 
I'm Lori Gottlieb. I'm a psychotherapist, and I write the Dear Therapist Advice column for The Atlantic. Hey, I'm Guy Winch. I'm a psychologist, and I write the Dear Guy Advice column for TED. And we're the hosts of a new show on the iHeartRadio podcast network called Dear Therapists. Think of it as an advice column in the form of a podcast, except we talk to you. But it doesn't stop there. One of the most frustrating things for us as advice columnists is that no one gets to hear what happened and how things turned out. But on our show, you will. We ask listeners to test drive our advice and come back on to give us an update. So if you'd like to talk with us about a problem, big or small, send us an email at advice at iheartmedia.com. We can't wait to get you on our couch. Guy, they'll be calling in. Yeah, but they could be sitting on a couch.